0: In that home, we knew we were safe To be young enough to dream Found the faith to believe Welcome to the podcast, From Our Home to Yours with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies It's where we learn to forgive In that home Hello, ladies How are you today? Today we are going to speak about another dwelling word. On my very first podcast, I told you about the word dwell. That word occurs 468 times uh, in the Bible. Uh, Actually, just in the Old Testament. Um, And 20... uh, actually there's 26 different Hebrew words for that word dwell. And the first podcast I told you about the word nava. Now today we're going to look at another word. This one is "yeshab," y-a-s-h-a-b. And this word actually occurs over a thousand times in the Bible. Sometimes it's translated dwell, but it's translated many other different words as well. So the Hebrew word actually occurs over 1,000 times. So it's a very important word. And what does it mean? It means to marry, to settle down, to remain, To continue, to keep house, to inhabit, to endure, and to sit down. It contains all those meanings. So we'll look at a couple of scriptures today with that word. The first one we'll turn to is Psalm 113, verse 9, where it says, He makes the barren woman To keep house, there it is, that's the word, yeshab, meaning to dwell in a house. And to be a joyful mother of children. As we read this scripture, oh by the way, I didn't read it all. The last phrase of this scripture says, praise ye the Lord. And so this is worth praising the Lord about. And it's talking about the woman in the home, keeping her house, managing her home, living in her home, making her life in her home. And how is she to do this? Well, it tells us how. It says that she does it with a joyful attitude. God makes her to be a joyful mother of children. Joy is the attribute that God equates with motherhood. Now, dear mother, did you know that? Sometimes you don't really feel very joyful, do you? You feel overwhelmed and you feel despondent and you just wonder how you're going to manage everything. But God wants you to, he wants to bring you into a place of joy. He wants mothers to be joyful. I wonder why so many mothers are not joyful today. I believe it's because of the attitude in society toward mothering. It's the attitude in our education system toward mothering. It's the attitude we hear from the feminist and humanist agenda. It it all puts down motherhood. And so we see it as something insignificant and not important. And this is the enemy who is robbing us of the truth. Because we've got to learn to see motherhood not as society looks upon it, but as God looks upon it. Because, precious mother, God is the one who designed motherhood, He's the one who created us to be mothers. He put this mothering anointing deep within our hearts. Every mother has a mothering anointing in her heart. She has a nurturing desire. That is in every female person. Every female created by God has this nurturing instinct within her Now you say, I know some mothers who are not motherly at all, and I know mothers who don't even want to have children. Yes, that is so true, because many of them have been brainwashed. They've been propagandized. They have been infiltrated with lies. And so they have suppressed this instinct, but they never can truly suppress it, because if they say they don't want motherhood and they deny motherhood, they don't even want children, you will find that they will have a pet. Oh, yes, they will, because they have to nurture something. They'll nurture a little dog or a little cat because it is within them. This is how God created us. Not only did he create us with this instinct innately within us, but he created our bodies for the very purpose of motherhood. He created us with a womb. Why do we have a womb? A man doesn't have a womb. That's the difference between male and female. There's only two types of people in this world, a man without a womb, the male, and a man with A womb, the womb man, the womb man, and this is who we are, dear ladies. How sad to go through life and not embrace who we are and who we were created to be. You see, the devil is a deceiver. The devil is a robber and he has robbed so many beautiful women of the truth and of who they are. And we have women today who've been brainwashed with feminism who are denying their womb and their womanhood. They are denying who they are. It is totally ridiculous. In fact, the foolish, the the so-called wisdom of man is so foolish and it's foolish to God. And so God gave us a womb. A womb to be used. A womb to bring forth life. A womb to continue the generations. For if we all women were to deny their womb, civilization would stop. We are the continuers of civilization. But not only do we bring life into this, our own precious families, but and into this nation, but we bring it forth for the generations and ultimately for eternity. In fact, just the other day, a lady commented on one of my Facebook posts and was saying how, oh, it's not about having children. I believe just God wants us to be in saving souls. Uh, We don't have to be having children. We just need to be saving souls. Well, that sounds very spiritual. But if we as mothers don't bring forth children, uh, there'll be no souls to be saved. My, we can actually... Do you know, precious mothers, sometimes we don't really think things through but do you know that we can deny precious babies lives whom God has destined before the foundation of the world because every life is destined. God knows every life before the foundation of the world. And we, because of our selfishness or our ignorance, we can stop them Coming into this world, who God intended to come in, but more than that, we we forfeit them from experiencing eternal life. now, on this earth, we cannot even with Our wildest imaginations understand the glories of the eternal kingdom. They are beyond what we will ever even imagine. The glories of the eternal kingdom. And and we can deny lives being born to experience that. Unless they are born... And they come into God's kingdom, they will never experience it. You think, oh, well, they weren't born, they won't know. But, oh, to deprive them of the glory which is beyond all glories. Why would we want to deprive someone of the glory of the eternal world? And that's what we do when we stop a child coming into the world We don't only only deprive ourselves of the greatest blessing that we could ever enjoy because that's another thing. The enemy robs women of the greatest blessing they can ever receive. I'm in the process at the moment of printing the new Above Rubies number 95. It's rolling off the presses now. And in my editorial, I have a picture of uh, four new babies already born into our family this year. And I got each mother to just write a little sentence about how they felt about motherhood. So beautiful to just read how each one felt and how, oh, this is the most greatest blessing that could ever, ever happen to them. Um, I think of Serene now. Her new baby, little Solly, uh, she uh, is number nine biologically to Serene, although there are 14 children in the family. Now, you could think, okay, number 14 in the family coming in. Well, we're used to having babies. It's lovely, but, you know, this is old hat. Oh, no. Oh, when little Solly was born... Serene said, I, mother, I am smitten. Uh, She is in total love with this baby. What did Sam say? I am besotted. I mean, this is the joy of a baby. And Satan wants to deprive women of this joy of a precious baby. They not only deprive themselves, but deprive grandparents. They deprive the church. They deprive the world of the influence and the image of God. They deprive future generations because when we stop one child, no, no, we don't. No, we stop a whole dynasty. A whole dynasty. How many children, how many amazing children who would impact the world for God, come from one child. And then we deprive God and we deprive eternity. So not only has God created us with this womb, but with breasts to nurture this life. This is who we are as mothers. And so we have to understand the truth. And when we understand the truth, and we know that motherhood is mandated by God. It's the highest career he has given to women. When we understand this and embrace it, then we can walk in the joy of it. Because there is something that I often say to women. Every mother loves her children, but not every mother loves motherhood. And I think this is where it comes down to the core. Because it is true, every mother loves her child. She would die for her child. But there are so many mothers who don't actually love motherhood. They love their children, but they think they could be doing something more exciting, more powerful, whatever, and they really find oh this motherhood oh goodness me yes I love my child but oh I've got to keep on with my career and I've got more important things to do and so there is confusion and you never ever really come into the fullness of motherhood when you have this attitude I know because I was there when I started off mothering I didn't understand all the beautiful truths I share with you today I didn't know. I, I just so intensely love my children, but all oh, this motherhood business... Oh, goodness me, I just wondered what had happened to me. Help! In fact, there was a time when I wondered whether I should have even got married. I wondered whether I was out of the will of God because I could no longer serve God in the way I thought I could serve God because my husband and I, we went out full-time for God. When we were engaged, we were ready to change the world. We went out to the mission field and we were going to do great things for God. And then, babies came along. Well, my husband carried on doing great things, but where was I? Stuck in four walls. At the very beginning were three screaming babies, and I knew nothing about motherhood. And I had my first baby. Seventeen months later, I had another two babies, unexpectedly. Didn't even know. That was way back in the days when they didn't have ultrasounds. Nobody checked me. I knew I was having something pretty huge. I thought, how am I going to get this baby out? I didn't know it was twins. And uh, actually, I have to confess, well, I didn't really get much attention. We were in the Philippine Islands doing missionary work when I conceived. And uh, we didn't actually get back to New Zealand till I was eight months pregnant. And I went to a doctor in the hospital. He checked me over and said, everything's fine. Actually, I'm going off to England. So when you're in labor, just come in and whoever's on duty will attend to you. I didn't know anything about home birth in those days and... So I thought I was in labour, went into the hospital. They checked me all over again and it was a false alarm. So away I went home again. Still nobody had even detected twins. I went in, I got right to my due date. And I went in and the nurses just listening to the heartbeat with the old Doppler she says, that's interesting. I can uh, you know, I hear another heartbeat, but it just might be an echo. We'll wait and see. So we still don't know anything. And then came the time and Evangeline was born. She was born breech, as often twins are. I really didn't notice any difference between her breech birth and her head birth. And they checked my tummy, Oh, yes, there's another one there. So that was the very first moment that I knew I was having twins. And so he was born about five minutes later. And here we were. Oh, with twins. Oh, we were so excited, my husband and I. My husband went home to my parents who were looking after my son at home. He was on cloud nine. He had brought forth twins. Well, he was the father of these twins. And he went into their room and he said, guess what? And they said, a son. And he said, yes, and a daughter. Well, there was stony silence. My mother had always said to me, Nancy, never have twins. And I went and had twins. Why did she say that? I think she thought they would be a lot of work. And so we didn't really get any great congratulations from them. My dearest mother, who stayed with me for a few days, was not very well, and she couldn't really take it. With these three little babies, we had nothing, we'd just come back from the Philippine Islands, we're living out of suitcases. She couldn't take it any longer. She left me, went to stay with a friend. So here I was with these three screaming babies all on my own. I knew no one would just come back from the Philippine Islands. Oh, I hardly survived those days. And I think it was in those days I wondered what had happened to me. Will I ever be able to serve the Lord again? What have I done? Is this my life? And I had to cry out to God. Oh God, oh God, what have I done? Oh, but as I cried out to him, he was so faithful. And he began to show me little by little that I was in his perfect will. That this is who he'd created me to be. Yes, I was fulfilling my destiny. And little by little, the revelation came and I began to understand who I was and the power of mothering. And as I embraced it, instead of living in the confusion and the torment, I came into the joy of mothering. Because it's all in our attitude. It's all in our understanding of what it's about. So precious mother, if you're in this state of confusion today and you know you're just, oh yes, you love your children, but wow, you're not really loving this motherhood business. You get up each day and it's, oh, it's just another day to face. Oh, can I encourage you? Just come into the truth. The truth sets you free. Yes, and when you know who you are, I am born to be a mother. I am created physically to be a mother. I am created innately with all the mothering hormones to be a mother. Oh, we are so blessed, precious mothers. Oh, goodness me, fathers, they, they don't have the blessings we have when we have a baby. We have this beautiful little baby, and gorgeous fills us to overflowing with motherly hormones. Every time we put the baby to the breast, oxytocin flows, that beautiful hormone of oxytocin, which is the love hormone. And the cuddle hormone, and the bliss hormone, and the stress free hormone. God gives it to you, precious mother, so that when you're facing all the just the tensions of caring for a new baby and other little ones and maybe older ones, that He gives you this stress free hormone. So when you nurse your baby, sometimes you just want to go off to sleep you just have this relaxing hormone and it gives you prolactin the more you nurse your baby every time you nurse your baby prolactin operates. So the more you nurse your baby, the more prolactin you have. And prolactin is a motherly hormone. You become more motherly. You see, in the doing of these motherly things, we have the hormones that make us more motherly. And so this motherly love pours out upon you, not just for your baby, but for all your other children. God is so amazing. You know, do you remember when you had your first baby? Oh, I I just couldn't believe how how much love I could have for a person, for this baby. The love was so incredible. And I used to think, well, how could I have another baby? Because I could never love a, n- love another baby like this baby. It would be impossible. But then you have another baby and that love pours in and you love these babies and then you have love more love for your other baby and it happens with every baby another baby keeps a mother flowing with love even for her other children and for her older children who are maybe just getting a bit stroppy. And she's perhaps not feeling quite so loving to them. But she has a new baby. And this motherly hormone just flows out on the whole family. God is so Good, isn't he? So embrace your motherhood today, darling ladies. Oh, and as you do, you will be filled with joy. What kind of joy is this? Well, the word in the Hebrew is Samayach. If you want the spelling, it is S-A-M-E-A-C-H. And it's the very same word that's used in Proverbs 15, 13. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance. And again, in Proverbs seventeen twenty two, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So it actually means to have a merry heart. You're full of joyfulness and merry heartedness it's the same word used in the bible uh, when people drank wine and became happy it's the same word when you're celebrating it's the same word that was used when the people celebrated when uh, solomon was made king and in first kings chapter 1 39 40 it says and Zadok the priest took a horn of oil out of the tabernacle and anointed Solomon. And they blew the trumpet, and all the people said, God save King Solomon. And all the people came up after him, and the people piped with pipes and rejoiced with great joy. Here is the same word that's used to describe the joyful mother they rejoiced with great joy so that the earth rent with the sound of them i beg your pardon what happened the earth broke broke open yes that's what it says I I checked out the Hebrew because when I read that, I thought, oh, that couldn't have happened. So I checked out that word rent is baka in the Hebrew and it means to cleave, to break, to rip open, to make a breach, to divide. The Holman translation uh, says it correctly. They rejoice with such a great joy that the earth Split open from the sound Did you ever read that before in the Bible? Well, it's there And that's how much the noise of the joy was That it actually split open the earth Amazing Now, that is the same kind of joy That is spoken of in Psalm 113 verse 9 that the mother in the home who is yashabing, living, dwelling in her home will be a joyful mother of children. So, dear mothers, as we live in our homes, let's do it with joy. And if you just haven't got any joy and it's all flown out the window, And you are just a mess of self-pity. Well, what are you going to do? This is what you're going to do. You're going to confess it to the Lord. Oh, God, I am so sorry. I confess my self-pity before you. Lord, it's a sin. I confess it. And I thank you, Father, that you fill me with joy. Because you are joy and you dwell within me. I thank you for your joy that fills my heart. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to be living in your joy today. I thank you in the name of Jesus. And appropriate it. Now, does Christ dwell in your heart? Well, if he does... Joy fills your heart. Jesus who lives in you is not filled with self-pity, he's not filled with despondency, he's not filled with despair. He is filled with joy because he is joy. This is where joy originates in God. And now he is in you, so appropriate. I love that scripture in Philemon, verse 6, which says that the communication of your faith may be effectual how huh? by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Now, what is this scripture saying? It's, that's King James' language. Well, how can our faith be effectual? We want it to work, don't we? In our home, in our kitchen, with all the children screaming at once. How do we make it work? Well, we acknowledge the truth. That's what it says, by acknowledging. We acknowledge, we uh, appropriate the truth. That is, Jesus Christ lives in me, and every good thing that is in Jesus also lives in me because if it's in him it's in me are you getting it so if christ lives in me his joy lives in me and i can thank him for it if i'm getting angry and upset and look out everybody hey just a moment stop and thank the lord jesus thank you jesus that your patience dwells in me. You are patience. You are long-suffering, and you live within me. I thank you for your patience now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, I'm the most patient mother in my city. Thank you, Lord. Now, you're not confessing lies, because who is more patient than Christ? And he dwells in you. You see, dear ones, we've got to acknowledge the truth that every good thing that is in Jesus is in us. You either live according to the flesh and by your feelings, or you live according to the truth of the word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, Jesus said, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And this is how I learned, I should say, gradually learned to live as a young mother. I started off living by my feelings, up one day and down the next. It's a terrible way to live, isn't it? But I learned to uh, live by the truth Of the Word of God and what God says, whether I feel like it or not, I'm going to live by it. I'm going to confess it. Now, the amazing thing is that when you confess the truth out loud, you confess it out loud, your body begins to line up. Even your attitudes begin to line up. Confession is powerful. And so, confess the truth. Don't confess lies. Your feelings are lies. Oh, if you live by your feelings, you're going to live mostly in the downs rather than the ups. Oh, yes, sometimes you'll feel up, but most of the time you'll feel down because feelings are deceiving and you cannot live by them. They come and go and they're a lot of rubbish. You live by the truth of the Word of God. And this is how you come into the joy of of the lord i remember one time uh, this was a new zealand story i started we are new zealanders and i started raising my children when we were in new zealand and i remember one time just feeling overwhelmed i i just didn't really feel I could keep going. It was just all too much. Everything was on top of me. And I thought, oh, poor me. And I'm just getting into a state of self-pity. And anyway, I got up to have my quiet time and in the morning before I faced the day. And I was reading 2 Corinthians. And I'll turn to it here to remind myself. Yes, it's uh, chapter 1 and... Uh, I was reading verse, I got to verse 8. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength. Oh, I stopped. Wow, this is amazing. I'm reading about me. Wow, I, I just feel I'm pressed out of measure. It's more than my strength can cope with insomuch that we despaired even of life. Well, I hadn't got to that, of course. But then I read on. Paul says, but, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and who does deliver, in whom we trust, that He will yet deliver us. And as I read those words, I was convicted. Oh my! I realized what was I doing? All this self pity junk I was trusting in myself. Poor me. I've got too much to do. I can't cope. Well, what's that? Trusting in myself, in my flesh, in my capabilities. I wasn't trusting in God. And that's what Paul said. We should not trust in ourselves, but in God, a God who raises the dead. Wow, no matter how low I get, he's able to just pick me up. And so I said, oh God, I am so sorry. I confess my sin of trusting in myself. I'm so sorry. Cleanse me with your precious blood. And Lord, I trust in you. I give it all to you. All these worries and concerns and Lord, all my weaknesses, I give them to you. I thank you. I trust you. You are my strength. You are my portion. I trust you, Lord. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Well, it left me. Wow, all that self-pity was gone. And I remember, I can still remember later in the day thinking, now, what was all that that I was so in such a state about? And do you know, I couldn't even remember what it was all about. It, it was just in my mind. It wasn't even real. A- and so I was able to come out of it because I was trusting in God. Now, Arden, my timekeeper, how much time do we have for this session? How are we going for time? How much? He forgot to tell me to stop at 40 minutes. Oh, dear ladies, I'm so sorry again. Can I pray for you as we close today? Oh, Father, we just thank you. Thank you for your beautiful plan for us as mothers. Thank you that you have created us for this glorious anointing and that you love for us to dwell in our homes and live mothering in our homes. And I pray for every precious mother today that you will bless them and encourage them and lift them up out of their doldrums and their self-pity and into the truth and into trusting you. Oh, God, save us, each one of us, because we're all tempted to trust in ourselves, which is so ridiculous. Lord, how we, can we trust in ourselves? But we can trust in you, the God who raises the dead, the God who delivers. And I pray that you will just, Lord, just bring each one into that beautiful place of trusting in you and living in the truth, and you will make them joyful mothers of children in their home today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen.